Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from a mix of experienced medical device and med tech experts through uncut and unedited interviews. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Close your eyes and imagine the scene with me. You're at Grandma Betty's house for a family gathering. Suddenly, Grandma Betty begins to experience chest pain. She's had some issues with her heart in the past, but could this be it? Could Grandma Betty really be having a heart attack? Your normal reaction would be to call 911, right? Not this time. Instead, you simply pull out your iPhone and use a LiveCore's ECG app to detect Grandma's heart rhythm. And thankfully, her heart appears to be normal this time. No, this isn't a science fiction story. The iPhone ECG app is real and very close to FDA approval. In this interview with Dr. David Albert, we learn more about his incredible journey in bringing the ECG app to market. Here's a few things we're going to learn in this interview with Dr. Albert. The amazing story of how a LiveCore's iPhone ECG app helped save a man's life while on an airplane. Two disruptive features of the iPhone ECG app, cloud and cost. The roller coaster ride Dr. Albert experienced in his pursuits to develop the ECG app. Five key lessons you can learn from Dr. Albert's experiences. One, be stubborn. Two, use sounding boards. Three, protect your IP. Four, stay patient. And five, make a freaking demo. Dr. Albert's advice for ambitious doers. Believe in your ideas and don't be afraid to swim against the stream. Of course, there's a lot more valuable info we're going to uncover in this interview. But before we dig in, you need to listen to these brief messages from our sponsors. And by the way, if you're interested in becoming a MedSider sponsor, our sponsorships are now open. Go to MedSider.com forward slash sponsor. Again, that's MedSider.com forward slash sponsor. Now listen up. First, are you launching a new medical device and need to understand where to hire sales reps based on areas with high procedure volumes? Or perhaps you'd like to know if the biggest hospital in town gets reimbursed differently than your main hospital account. NeoCure's Focus Pro Data Cubes is your solution. By blending millions of Medicare claims with other public data sources, then applying proprietary algorithms along with industry know-how, NeoCure unlocks the critical data you need to make key business decisions. Check out the Focus Pro Data Cubes at www neocuregroup.com. That's N-E-O-C-U-R-E group.com. Next, let's face it. MedTech and life sciences companies are vulnerable to a variety of liability risks that are unique to this industry. You need a partner that understands these risks. A partner that specializes in providing insurance and risk management solutions tailored to the specific needs of the MedTech and life science arenas. And that's why you need to team with MedMark. MedMark is the superior, full-service insurance provider for the medtech and life sciences industry. Go to www.medmark.com. That's M-E-D-M-A-R-C.com. Lastly, sales reps are arguably the lifeblood of a company's commercial success. But the industry dynamics within the medtech space require a fresh approach to applications for salespeople. That's where Prolific comes in. Prolific equips the rep of the future by modernizing conversations with customers. The Prolific platform transforms offline interactions into digital dialogues that lead to lasting relationships. Ready or not, the connected evolution is underway. Plan accordingly. And make sure you check out www.prolific.com. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q.com. 
Now here's your program. Hello everyone, it's Scott Nelson, and welcome to another edition of MedSider. This is the site where you can get your uh, personal, free uh, MedTech or medical device MBA. Uh, it's a show where I bring on uh, dynamic and interesting medical device MedTech stakeholders, uh, so we can all learn a few things. Hopefully there's, uh, there's some entertainment value all along the way. And uh, uh, today's guest is uh, Dr. David Albert. He is the uh, founder of AliveCore and is, uh, is infamous, um, among, amongst other things, for the iPhone ECG app uh, that was, um, I think, we're coming up here on, on the one-year anniversary of the, uh, what I think was, it was dubbed as the unofficial hit of the CES uh, 2011, the Consumer Electronics Show uh, 2011. So um, without further ado, welcome to the call, uh, Dr. Albert. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure. And so let, let's start off. I, I mentioned the iPhone ECG app. Why don't, why don't you tell the story, uh, you know, briefly tell the story about uh, Dr. Eric Topol and his experience with when using your, uh, your app on a, uh, on a recent flight um, uh, well, with, uh, with the person who was experiencing the, uh, the heart attack? Well, it's, it's, an, it's, it's an anecdote. So uh, Eric, who is, a, who is a world-renowned physician scientist, would tell you that this is not a clinical study. But it was an anecdote and, and a, uh, a good Samaritan use of our technology. Dr. Topol had been at the uh, in Bethesda at a conference at the National Institutes of Health this was about two months ago and was uh, left from Dulles Airport, headed back to his home of San Diego and Scripps Institute. When uh, 30 minutes into that flight, uh, they came all on the overhead PA and said, is there a doctor on board? We have a, uh, a passenger who's in distress. And Dr. Topol had uh, several other physicians with him from Scripps, but they were all surgeons. So they said, Topol, this is your gig. So he, uh, he got up and, and went to where the, where the passenger was. And the passenger was a, a gentleman uh, who will remain HIPAA-compliant anonymous <laughs> who had uh, several years before had a, had a stent placed for coronary artery obstruction. And at the, at the time in the air, the, the patient had chest discomfort and was sweating. And so, you know, they were trying to figure out, is this serious? What do we need to do? And so Dr. Topol, after talking to the patient, observing his distress, took out uh, his AliveCore uh, ECG for the iPhone and opened up the gentleman's shirt and placed it on his uh, anterior chest. And what he told me, this is what Dr. Topol said, is that he had four or five millimeters of ST elevation. Well, I can just tell you, that's absolutely diagnostic that the guy was having an acute heart attack. And so he said immediately, he said, you got to tell the captain we got to land this plane ASAP. This man's having a heart attack and, and uh, no telling, you know, what's going to happen to him. So, so they did. And they landed somewhere, as Eric said, somewhere near Cincinnati. I don't think it was the Cincinnati International Airport, which, for those who know, is actually in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, they landed in a, some other airport, and um, the gentleman was removed by the EMTs and taken and, and actually had another stent placed. And, and Eric told me he's doing well. Uh, so that's good news. Happy ending. The, the, the uh, maybe not so happy ending part of it was that the plane they landed, which was probably a 767, some larger kind of aircraft going cross country, could not take off with all the people on board <laughs> from that airport they landed at. So Dr. Tuckle had to bring other planes in to shuttle people up. He didn't get to San Diego for 13 more hours. In the middle of the night, the plane had taken off in the morning, early in the morning. So he said, "I don't think they were very happy with me." But he said, "You know, we did. Uh, you know, the, the patient's alive and well, so all all ends well. 
uh, with that story. So, right. you know, it, it, it's a great story. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we, we don't claim that our device should be used to diagnose heart attacks. That's not really what it was designed for. But in that kind of situation, it was an appropriate use. And certainly, you know, when Dr. Topol saw what he saw, uh, there's no questions to what the diagnosis is. So yeah. it's, it's not a replacement for a 12-lead ECG when you get in your doctor's office or a hospital where they put the electrodes on you. But in this case, it, it was all you needed to know that this man needed urgent care. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what, a happy ending. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So the so the pa- so the passengers on the plane were like that amazing. You know, on one end they were like that amazing app, ECG app, and then on the other, on the other, on the flip side they were like that damn iPhone app. <laughs> it's causing exactly. it's costing us an extra three hours. We're, so. <laughs> we're all slaves to time. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, you know, a lot of people had their schedules messed up by that. Uh, but like, I, you know, I look at it this way. Dr. Topol has done this many times. I've been involved in a number of these things. You know, the fact is, if that was you or somebody you loved, you'd want that plane land. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, it, it, it worked out fine. And, and, and that, by the way, is in addition to the fact that we've completed three actual clinical studies of our technology now. Uh, one at the University of Southern California with Dr. Leslie Saxon chief of cardiology at USC, and two here at the University of Oklahoma, Dr. Dwight Reynolds, chief of cardiology and former president of the Heart Rhythm Society. And, you know, between Dr. Topol, Dr. Sachs, and Dr. Reynolds, these are really world-renowned uh, cardiologists. And they've uh, the three studies have all resulted in abstracts that we haven't heard about but have been submitted, and we're very happy with the results of that data, which, which is used for our, our medical device, CE Mark, so that we can sell in Europe, and, and it's being used for our FDA 510K applications, uh, which requires some, some clinical efficacy data. And so, gotcha. you know, we've actually done studies now, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say they turned out really well. Gotcha. Very cool. I want to come back and, and ask you a little bit uh, about that, um, kind of that, that regulatory and reimbursement aspect of, of your device. But before we get there, um, People in the audience are, are I, I, I got to imagine, are thinking, wait, wait a second. Okay, so what, what I'm getting out of that story is, okay, so Dr. Albert's developed an app that can actually read a heart rhythm. And yeah, I mean, it, that, this is what we're talking about. And I'll definitely link up to the YouTube, your, you know, your, your famous uh, YouTube video when I post this, this interview on MedSider. But um, yeah, I mean, patients that you're used to seeing that you mentioned the 12 lead ECG, yeah, with the, with the, you know, the electrodes and the cables, yeah, you basically transform that sort of technology in a sense you know, I'm somewhat exaggerating this a little bit, but in essence, you're transforming that technology into a, an app on the, on the iPhone. And so why don't you just give, give the audience, give myself a, a brief intro into what the iPhone ECG is. Sure. Um, and today we also have it working on Android, uh, although it's not nearly as well developed as our iOS product. Uh, currently, we have a case which uh, is designed to fit the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 4A's, 4S. That case is like a case you'd buy in the Apple Store or Verizon, AT&T, wherever you buy your iPhone cases to protect your beautiful, loved iPhone. Uh, it has rubbery sides and a hard back, but integrated into the back, the only difference you would notice, it really is no larger than a standard case, is that there, there are two dull electrodes on the back right underneath where the... Uh, where the camera hole is. And those two electrodes are used 
are connected to electronics built into the case uh, to actually measure your electrocardiogram, and you can do that from a number of locations on a body. And uh, it is then combined with the app, which is a standard iPhone app, which receives the wireless data. So the case actually speaks wirelessly. You could you can actually take the case off and have it six to 12 inches away from the iPhone, and the ECG still shows up on the iPhone. So hmm. it's wireless connectivity, and that's important because in medicine, we have to have something called an isolation barrier. You can't, you, you, you've got to keep uh, what connects to patients and what connects to potentially uh, AC power totally separate uh, with a very high isolation barrier. And so we talk wirelessly between our case and the iPhone, and then our app takes that wireless data, turns it back into an electrocardiogram, displays it, processes it, stores it, and then uploads it uh, to our, our secure cloud server. And so, you know, it, it is an abbreviated part uh, of, an, of, an, of a 12-lead electrocardiogram. In fact, when I hold it in my two hands, I'm actually recording what's called lead one, which is left arm minus right arm. That's the first lead in a standard 12-lead. And one of our studies we did actually compared lead one from a 12-lead to our lead one, and, and, and they're basically identical. Ours is slightly noisier because... You're holding it in your hands. It's, uh, it's not as good a connection as putting those sticky electrodes on. But otherwise, the data is absolutely identical. And so, you know, it's a combination of a case and an app. We also have, uh, uh, in, in a preliminary form, what we call our iCard. And there's a video on YouTube about that, which is a credit card-sized version of the same technology that works with iPhones, Androids, iPads, is basically a, uh, a, a a version of it that's not a case. Gotcha. So okay. Exact same technology transmits wirelessly. So so that's the technology. Uh, it allows literally ten seconds after I finish recording, the ECG can be viewable anywhere in the world securely through a browser. Wow. And that's another part of the disruptive factor. It's available to your doctor almost immediately after you report it. Gotcha. I mean, and, and that's that, that's amazing. I mean, that, that's an amazing part, um, and I love the... Well, that's um, a good... Amazing is a good... We, we have a lot of people saying amazing. I just came back from CEF 2012 or the M-Health Summit or Medica in Dusseldorf in November, and amazing is a, you know, from a lot of people, a lot of companies, even a lot of doctors, they say amazing. And, and yeah. you know what? We work very hard on this. And as, as I mentioned to you earlier... Uh, before this call, yeah. this really is an evolution of an idea I had back in the mid-1990s right. when the technology was enabled to implement what we have today, but, but the idea was there. Right. I, I love I love that you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you get that a lot. This is amazing, Doctor Albert. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're. The, but you use the word disruptive, and and that's that's. Uh, I think that's a really good description of the the kind of the cloud based ability to view these ECGs, these heart these heart rhythms anywhere in the world. You know, so if I'm just a, a, you know from a from a, a, a practical standpoint, if if um, if my grandma has a pacemaker and she took a trip to California, and I wanted to make sure her heart rhythm was okay. Um, she stuck her iPhone, you know, she used your iPhone app, and and I was able to view that that rhythm, you know, um, wirelessly through the you know through the you know through the through well, the through the cloud through a cloud-based browser. It's so. funny you said that. It's funny you said that because 
one of our studies at the University of Oklahoma is with pacemakers. In fact, in the last few days, I've had some people comment on our AliveCorp Facebook page that, oh, how does this work with pacemakers and implantable defibrillators? Well, the fact is uh, we've used it with no problems with pacemakers. The device is put into airplane mode so the radios are actually turned off, which is, you know, you're not supposed to walk around with your cell phone right next to your pacemaker, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, so we turn the radios off, put it in airplane mode as if you were on an airplane. We're still able to record using our wireless technology. By the way, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, and we've, we've actually, we, we have a, a study ongoing, but we've already submitted an abstract that we're able to tell if the pacemaker is functioning uh, properly. Huh. That's really revolutionary, and, and really the most disruptive part of this is the fact that the product's only going to cost $100 yeah. in retail. So that's the disruption, is that this kind of technology, that this kind of capability, this kind of global connectivity is going to be affordable for anybody. If you own an iPhone, you'll be able to afford it. Right. Right, that, and I'm going to use the word, I don't know how else to describe that, but amazing. You, know, you talked about the disruptive nature of the cloud-based uh, ability to view the rhythm, but that's, you know, that's another disruptive piece is, the, is the, the, the cost. I mean, really, people spend more at Starbucks probably in a month than they, than they would on this thing. You know, so um, that's awesome. It costs what, it costs what, a, what a pedometer or, or a, uh, even less than an iPhone-connected blood pressure monitor. Yeah, because I, I actually, and, and, or, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I have the Wyvings blood pressure monitor, and I have the Wyvings scale, and I, I, I love those devices. They're great. Um, they, they both cost more than this, than our device. And, and those are, you know, I, I, I'll tell you one thing, uh, Scott. You know, a lot of people use this term, M-Health. Yeah. And M-Health is a great term. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in M-Health. But the reality is what we're doing and what the Alive Core ECG for iPhone is, is it's an m medical device. Yeah. M-Health devices are, you know, pedometers, scales, blood pressure devices you use, which, by the way, everyone needs to be using to keep yourself healthy. The reality is our device is a device for, unfortunately, the tens if not hundreds of millions of people around the world. Your grandmother with a pacemaker who, are, who have a problem and who need to be monitored. That's, you know... We spend most of our money, we need to spend more money staying healthy, but the reality is we spend most of our money treating our illnesses. Right. So we look at our product as an end medical device, not just an end health device. Yeah. And that's really what's disruptive is we're going to bring an, a medical quality, clinical quality device for less than $100 anywhere in the world. And, and, that, and that to us is exciting uh, in terms of what we're going to do to do that. Uh, improve medicine around the world yep yep I, I, what i was going to say is i think i i, I bought a uh, a garmin watch you know that i think it has nav and it's got the um the ability to, to you know to to monitor my heart rate you know and i think i i paid you know some like two or two or two or three hundred dollars for that you know <laughs> um which is you know two or three times the cost of uh of your device so um very, very cool. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, the idea for this, um, what, you know, was you came up with the idea in the early 90s. Let, let's dig into that a little bit. And, um, and let, let's start with kind of, you know, take a walk, walk us through, you know, how you came up with this idea and then kind of the story behind, um, you know, how, how this be, how you began to see this into fruition and kind of the, the roller coaster ride as, as, as it, you know, in, in, until, you know, late 2010, I think, when you uh, when you posted that YouTube video. 
Well, it's an interesting story, actually. Uh, my previous company was called Data Critical, and we were a wireless uh, healthcare company and uh, sold in-hospital wireless systems, uh, inevitably went public in 99 and in 2001 sold to General Electric Healthcare. And in the mid-90s, I had an idea that wasn't exactly in our, our main product line and uh, for a handheld ECG uh, device using a, at the time, state-of-the-art handheld computer, which was a device by a British company called Scion, and it was called a Scion 3C. And that inevitably, we got a patent on that device in 1997, and actually an FDA 510K around the same time. And that product was called Rhythm Stat XL. We really never commercialized that device, because as I said, it was really, we got it built, we got it FDA approved, we patented it, but uh, it really wasn't in our business. And so that product wasn't exciting enough at the time because the technology, you know, the handheld computer of 1997, you can't even compare it. It's like comparing, a, you know, a, a concrete wheel to a, to a, to a indie racer. It's just right. not comparable. So, so when, uh, you know, in the mid 2000s, around 2005, an old-time friend of mine from Australia named Bruce Satchwell uh, had developed a Bluetooth ECG device that worked with, at the time, the state-of-the-art Windows mobile phone. And he was selling them to researchers, although there wasn't really an opportunity. And, and uh, Windows mobile was state-of-the-art at the time. You wouldn't want to bring one out at a party today unless you were, it was a party of archaeologists. Uh, <laughs> the fact is that, that it was hard to use. It had lots of issues. It was good for researchers. And so in 2007, when the first iPhone came out, he and I were excited. We, we converse often on Skype, and, and uh, we were both doing our own thing. And, and, you know, we said, wow, this is cool. And when they opened up the App Store and opened up uh, the SDK to allow you to develop apps, I said, great, Bruce, you need to, you need to port your, your Bluetooth device to the iPhone. And the only problem was is that Apple, uh, they are want to do, made their their Bluetooth connectivity very controlled. So he could not connect his Bluetooth device to it. And uh, that was very frustrating because, uh, you know, we then saw the 3G and ultimately the 3GS. So, so at the time the 3GS came out, I thought back to my 1997 product, Bruce and I said, well, Bruce, I got an idea. And so I built a prototype case actually out of a Mophie juice pack air, which was a, as an extra battery. I, I took it apart, took all their parts out, put a, a prototype circuit board in it, and I, I called Bruce up and I said, Bruce, your, your partner there can write iPhone apps. This is what I need him to do. And he wrote an iPhone app, and it kind of worked. And I say kind of worked because it just kind of worked. And this is like 2008, 2009. And uh, so we, we worked on it a little bit and got to the point where I thought I could go show it to people. Uh, again, it was kind of a handheld prototype. And, and uh, I had it right now framed. And my wife, for Christmas, framed that original prototype uh, in a frame with the uh, Scientific American article from December where, we were, where it was named one of the 10 world-changing ideas by Scientific American in the December issue. Huh. And they handed those out, by the way, at CES, which is really nice. Scientific American's right down the way. So, so 
I took this around to some of the companies I knew, like GE. And they said, oh, hey, that's kind of cute, but we've done focus panels. We don't really think people want to look at the ECG. We don't think doctors, you know, they got 12 lead ECGs, and GE's the world leader in that technology. And having left as chief scientist of GE cardiology in 2004, I, I totally appreciated that. So I kind of said, oh, I don't have focus groups. I just thought this was kind of a cool idea. And so I went off. Yeah. And the good news is, is I, as Chris and I are both very stubborn sons of guns, okay? <laughs> and so while I had people tell me this didn't think it was a good idea, I, I actually got approached by a company, fast-growing venture-funded company, that invited me to their headquarters in Houston. And uh, they put up a slide showing a picture of my prototype and a concept drawing that looked exactly like it. And they said, we had somebody do this. He said, great minds think alike. And uh. so what, what happened there was we were able to get a little seed capital from this company that enabled us to go to China and actually have some prototypes built in 2010. So in October 2010, took this seed capital from this company, who, by the way, ultimately decided not to go forward with it. They later changed their mind, but that was too, too late. Sorry. Um, and... And so on December 14, 2010, which, which happens to be my birthday, I received a box from Hong Kong of 15 prototype iPhone 4 cables. Huh. And they were really cool. They looked really good. Five white ones, ten black ones. And so uh, I was getting ready to go to the Consumer Electronics Show. Since the medical company had told me they weren't interested, I was going to go meet with consumer companies and see if they were interested. I mean, you could use it as a heart rate monitor, yep. if nothing else, and not even not even mess with the FDA. And it would be, by the way, incredibly accurate. Oh, yeah. The clinical so on December 30th, getting ready to, you know, have New Year's Eve last year, I pulled out one of the cases, and, and I told this story, and you can watch the videos. My, my today, at the time, my 13, 11-year-old son, it's really my 11-year-old son, made YouTube videos as he modified his Nerf gun. That's the whole cult of Nerf gun modifiers. And so he knew how to do it. And so I said to him, I had done a couple, but I'd done them poorly. He said, Dad, let me show you how to do this. you got to talk to the camera. This is how you do it. You want to edit it. You want it to be short. And so I listened to my 11-year-old. I went to my office. I took one of the cases. And I did a four-minute bit, no script, no preparation. And I was sending it to two companies who weren't going to be at CES the next week. And I just happened to click the box that said, post to LinkedIn. And at the time, I had about 500 LinkedIn connections. I had about 30 Facebook friends and about 20 Twitter followers. Yeah. Didn't have very many. I wasn't, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I was at the time a 56-year-old guy, not a very socially connected dude. LinkedIn was my preferred network, business network. Yeah. Had some, you know, people I'd work with. And so I just happened to click that. Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadim Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. 
To learn more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. 